Hey everyone, I'm your host, Stanley Genetic, and welcome to the Landscape Disruptors podcast. Landscape Disruptors is a platform that showcases top performers in the landscape and snow industry and discusses all things related to business and beyond. This is a platform for sharing advice that relates to helping landscapers build successful and well-planned out businesses of their own. Viewers can expect a variety of guest experts to talk about all functions related to business, including sales, marketing, making better equipment decisions, and a variety of other topics that will help you be a more efficient and more profitable landscape company. You can learn more about our free content at landscapedisruptors.com. Before I intro our guest today, I wanna to give a big shout out to LMN Software. They're the ones that are making this happen. I've personally been using their software in my own company for the last year, and it's a complete game changer for my business. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. From budgeting, estimating, customer relationship management, time tracking, and so much more. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors to learn more and start taking advantage of the software that's helped me grow my business into a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. New day, new guest, you guys. And today, this is going to get interesting, I think, because the guest I have on has a very interesting story. I'd like to introduce you guys to Ann Briggs. You guys may know her better as Ann of All Trades on both Instagram, YouTube. She's been on the cover of magazines. This girl's on fire. She's growing a large social media platform. And you're like, well, what the, what's that important for? Well, the deal is, is we're going to actually talk about a different way of monetizing your skills, you guys, okay? The things that Anne is doing on her social media, there's a lot of similarities between guys like you and me that are going out every day. We like to work outside. We like to get dirty. We like to gain skills. We like to build things. We like nature. But Anne likes all of those things, but she doesn't like to clock in at nine o'clock, clock out at five o'clock and make somebody else wealthy. So she chose a different path to success. And this is the same path that you and I can take. I want to show you guys options. I want to show you guys the way other people do things and let you guys look between the lines and see what's right, what's wrong, what works, what doesn't in your own world. So without any further ado, Anne, how are you? I'm great. Holy cow, Stan. Thanks so much for that extremely generous uh, introduction. And I'm so pumped, A, to just be talking to you because I always love an excuse to talk to you, um, <laughs> but also to talk about business and, and alternative paths because that's one of my biggest uh, biggest passions in life. Okay, Anne, let's get some of the semantics out of the way. I'm not supposed to ask a woman how old she is, but how old are you, Anne? That's okay. I'm 32. 32. And how long have you been on the path that you're currently on? I basically started everything uh, in 2012. And so by started everything, I mean that I um, planted my first garden, um, picked up my first tool, 
figured out that social media was even a thing, but still didn't have any idea what to do with it. And then um, started fumbling my way forward from there. So you were 23 before you picked up your first tool? Uh, yeah, pretty much. So there is a little, uh, that's a little bit of a white lie because my grandfather was a woodworker. And when I was a kid, I had absolutely loved working with him in his shop, but he passed away when I was 12. So I hadn't really gotten any like actual skills or, or, you know, had a bunch of experience with, with tools or how to use them or had any tools of my own until I was 23. And that's a pretty big distinction because yes, I, I had used my body in, in, in an efficient manner before, but I really had no idea what I was doing when I got started. Um, I would have loved, loved, loved to have access tools and, and built to tinker when I was a kid. But um, A, my parishioners, so we all the time have a garage, you know, that's full of tools or anything like that I could have could have tinkered with. And dad um, has actually, funnily enough, since become pretty handy. But when I was a kid, you know, I couldn't imagine him with a tool in his hand. So it was pretty much just my grandpa and then whatever things I scrounged around and found in the trash as a kid. Okay. So you had your grandpa planted the seed. You definitely planted the seed. You, you realized what you liked. Yes. But you had no outlet to pursue it further. Exactly. Um, and the other funny side note of that, that kind of kept me away from all that stuff. I probably would have gotten into it when I was younger. Um, like, I mean, not like as a kid, but um, you know, in, in my earlier or late teens and early twenties, but I was actually living in Asia at the time. And I, um, so, and I had just completely lost sight of how much I loved doing things with my hands because I had, um, at the advice of, of, you know, regular society, uh, got, gone to college and gotten a degree and I was, um, working in tech and, and thinking about a, a path, a career path that would make my life different Oh, you did the same the life thing. I grew up with. Yes, I did the safe thing at first, okay. but I realized okay. quite quickly that being safe uh, wasn't wasn't my my lot in life. That's not an and path. No. <laughs> um, what happened at twenty three though? So at twenty three, I moved from Taipei, Taiwan, um, living in a high rise apartment, back to Seattle, Washington, and I thought I was going back for six months, and I was going to go back to Asia. And um, because other side note, there's a lot of side notes that that are kind of important. But I speak fluent Chinese, and so I um, saw my my skill that I had as being someone who speaks Chinese, so who can do business negotiations. And I saw myself being on a, you know, a high, high power trajectory towards, you know, business management and those kinds of things. Uh, and so anyway, like I said, I, I came back to Seattle for what I thought was going to be six months. And funnily enough, that six months turned into 10 years. And therein lies the actual interesting part of the story, I think. Okay. Why did you not go back? Your skill is speaking Chinese, why would you not go back and use the skill that you have? That is an excellent question, Stan. Um, it's because I was coming back to Seattle to visit my then boyfriend. Um, and then we got married. And Adam, Adam of no trades? Adam of no trades. That's yep. correct. <laughs> um, we got married. His family was in Seattle. And he initially, like, our, the plan was to go back to Asia together. But um, he... Like kind of 
got some cool opportunities for his own career. And he was like, you know what? I think I just need to stay here. And like, that was a pretty hard thing for me to get over and to be okay with. But, um, it also was, you know, it was like, well, we're married now, so I'm going to make the choice that's hard for me, but, but better for us. And so, yeah, so that completely changed where I thought my life was going to go. And so I just got, you know, I got an entry level job at a tech company because I needed, I mean, we were broke and I needed money. And that was kind of the only way that I knew how um, to get it. And then, you know, I just, I, I went to work every day. I would commute and then I'd sit at my office and sit in a desk at a, in a chair, looking at a computer screen. And I would basically, I mean, I would watch, I would leave before the sun came up and I would get home after the sun came down and that I wasn't working with a good team at work. And, um, did you, I have, did you feel like you were withering like a, like oh, a, literally like a plant that was dying slowly? Oh, literally. I mean, the, the next words out of my mouth were about to be, so I found out like I had struggled with anxiety and depression my whole life, but I didn't have words for it um, because it had never gotten bad enough that it needed to get dealt with prior to that. But um, it was during that season of life that I realized, oh my gosh, I have like a pretty significant problem I need to deal with. Um, because I, I became pretty much suicidal and I was wait like, a minute. Okay, well, wait, wait, you struggle with depression. You were one of the most chipperish persons that I flipping know. That is very much the result that you're seeing of, of, I think social media, but also like the, because I know how dark and deep those holes can be. I really do my, I, I've made it a huge part of my business mission to, um, put out like to, to, to make people, other people smile and, um, you know, have something to a positive outlook as much as possible. So, so your, um, your happiness is intentional. It doesn't, it's not because you're always happy, but you actually make a conscious effort to stay positive. Is that right? Absolutely. Yeah. I, ha- I, ha- I have to do the same thing, Ann. I mean, yeah. as a contractor, I'll, I'll tell you, I'm, people are like, oh, you're so positive. You're so happy. And I'm like, yeah, you so don't know me. <laughs> yeah. I, you you yeah. don't you don't know me man this is this is not this is th- this happy go lucky stan is not always me i'm a real real person with real struggles real trials and yeah i try to be happy because you got to share joy and spread positivity and that's my job as a media influencer right because that's what i want out there that's what i want to be known for i don't want to be known as the you know something different i know what i want my message to be Yep, absolutely. And I and that's that's very much that's been an intentional thing from the very beginning is that mm. um you know, I mean, mental illness is real and you know, there and just choosing to be happy sounds all well and good, but it's not always um, you know, a possibility or a probability. Uh but focusing on like the positives and looking for the positives in a lot of things and also constantly practicing gratitude is a massive leg up even if there's other things that you also have to deal do to deal with, do, deal with whatever like demons you face. But uh-huh. that from the very beginning um, was going to be, I, I knew that um, when I realized, and it took me a, a while, I will be honest to realize that social media was a thing and that like there was value in it. But when I started to realize that there, that there was potential for an audience and those kinds of things, I m- made a, a very conscious choice then to be, you know, I'm never going to be fake. I'm always going to be myself, but I am going to be very, very intentional about showing the side of myself that, that 
is choosing joy over other things. Mm, I love that. I I love that. Thank you. Thank you for having the, for one and these guys guys listening. I'm talking to the audience right now. You guys listening. That is a hard choice to make because how hard is it to stay positive and stay happy when you have people out there that you've never met just willing to throw rocks and arrows and just sling mud on you every chance they get just to to beat you down. And, you know, a lot of times, especially when you're struggling with something already, it doesn't take a whole lot to make a tough decision even that much more tough, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, I honestly, I think, I think being positive is harder to do than to be that 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 condescending. I don't know if the word is condescending or critical. You know what I mean? Critical. Yeah. Like, you know, I think that's easy. That's the easy path, right? But yes. but but staying, you know, I could, because you know what? Honestly, I I think, and you know, like the like every time I see your posts up there. I can I can feel I can feel the positivity coming from it. And I think you don't get to see this. See you're you're blind to that because you don't get to see how it impacts other people. But I think other people can also feel that. And I hope people are actually telling you that. I hope somehow you you're getting that message through in some way shape or form. Well, I'm glad to hear it. I mean, it is it, it is also really funny cuz I can't even tell you how many people I've had a conversation with that I you know, I'm not you know, shouting from the rooftops about anxiety or depression very often. But I do think that it is really important, a really important thing to talk about. Um, But when I do say that, I mean, I can't even tell you how many people are like, you no way. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. well, you know what, it's like, here's the thing, they're positive, like putting out a positive uh, outlook has been something that I've valued and been very intentional about from the very beginning. But there is also very much something to be said about toxic positivity and just being positive, like, you know, for the sake of being positive or trying to put forward that your life is perfect or anything else. So I think that there's a very delicate balance between positivity and vulnerability. And I will say that like the few, like, or not, it's not even that few, but like when I am, when I am vulnerable, especially publicly vulnerable, because I think people, it, a, a comes as a surprise to people that like things aren't always sunshine and roses in my life because of the other things that I've shared. But I think it's also just extremely refreshing for people to see, because the thing is, as positive as I'm going to be, my social media presence is never, ever going to be fake. And the minute that it is, uh, I don't want to be there anymore. No, no, I, I, I hear you. Okay. So what is up with Instagram and YouTube? How did you get started on that path? I mean, we've got we we know that you you loved working outdoors. We've we've we know you're struggling with that. Where where did where did you start to to jump online and start to share things? Yeah. So when I when it became very obvious that I was going to be staying in Seattle uh, and that you know, that this job, this kind of dead end job wasn't, or it wasn't even a dead end job. I was working towards a potential career in tech. So, I mean, call it whatever you want to call it, (laughs) but it was, it felt like a dead end for me because I, I, it wasn't um, life-giving in any way. And I was like, I need to get out of here. Um, and, and I like, I couldn't afford to just quit my job and just start doing whatever I wanted all day. Um, which I think is the perception that I think a lot of people have about people that do what I do. Mm. Um, and for some people that may be the case, but for me, it was definitely not that way. But um, 
I decided that I was going to be like, okay, I'm going to take, what, what do I have right here? So um, we were broke. Uh, I was working because we, we needed money. So I was like, okay, what's one thing that's going to save us money? One thing that would save us money would be um, planting a garden and growing some of our groceries to offset the cost. And like, when I tell you that we were struggling financially, let me just give you a better picture of that. At that time, I was volunteering to work for the food bank because the food bank, basically, because I found out that the food bank um, gets a whole bunch of perishable items that they can't actually distribute and that the grocery stores donate things to the food bank. Uh, and then the food bank has to throw them away. And I was like, well, if I volunteer to do one of the pickup jobs at the grocery stores, I can help them sort, I can take it to the location and then I can take the perishable goods that would be thrown away home. And then we can use those as our groceries. Damn. So that's, um, so that's like where, where things were that. at that point. I freaking love that. I mean, I don't love that you were that poor, but I loved, I love to hear that that's where you came from. That's the motivator. Holy crap. Holy crap. Wow. Yeah. So um, with that, I was like, okay, so, you know, we have, we have this, this, um, you know, I, I have this neighborhood pickup pick job and that's helping us to save a lot of money, but like planting a garden is going to help us save some more money. And so I looked around in Adam, um, Adam is my husband's name. Adam had, um, his mom had been storing some fence boards or something in his garage. And I was like, look, well, she obviously is not using these. So I'm going to, um, you know, figure out how to build a raised bed garden. And so I like scrounged around and found some tools that I figured like surely building a raised bed garden couldn't be that hard. It just needs to be a box. So I took those boards and I turned them into a box. Um, and then I was like, well, I am, I would really like to kind of, document this journey, but I'm not really good at keeping a journal or anything like that. So I'm just going to start a blog and I'm going to write what I might write in my journal about this journey on my blog. Hmm. Um, blog was, with a B. Blog. Yes. So you were um, writing a, blo a blog is a, a written like online. Yes. You're, you're writing stuff. Okay. I just want to make yep. sure because a vlog is a video log. Same yep, thing. Exactly. Okay. So you started a blog. Okay. Yep. I started a blog. And um, I also, at that exact same moment, which this is very fortuitous, I wanted to make a collage of photos that were like, that had an, uh, an old timey filter on them for a birthday present for my sister. And um, I found this website called Instagram. Hmm. And I was like, oh, perfect. I can upload my pictures here and put this filter on them. And then I can print it out for my sister's birthday present. It's perfect. Well, I did that. And then while I was at it, I also took some pictures of like the um, garden beds that I was building and put those on there. And all of a sudden people were commenting on those hmm. uh, pictures. And I was like, wait a minute, like, how are you, how are you <laughs> seeing this? I thought this was a photo editing app. You didn't even know how it worked. Oh my yeah, God. Well, and this is really funny too, because like Facebook and everything was already a thing back, back then. Um, but I, Oh, I also should mention too, that I was using um, at that. I had for the first, I think three or four, maybe even four years that I had an Instagram account, I was using an iPod touch and I still had a flip phone to post all these things. Um, <laughs> okay. okay. So, so let's put this in perspective of what you were using. This would be, <laughs> this is some archaic technology for what you're trying to accomplish. Yes. For you kids that are listening, <laughs> phones didn't always have screens. The, yeah, the screens. <laughs> oh my God. Okay. So go on. 
Um, yeah, so I, I I started posting some pictures of that stuff, and like I'll say, the garden bed thing um, happened kind of like coincident or like at, at the same time as um, my brother-in-law uh, telling me that he 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 was interested in teaching me how to do a few things um, in his wood shop, and I was super excited about that because I was like, you know, I'd remembered loving doing stuff in my grandpa's wood shop, and I always wanted to have, um, one, one thing about my grandpa's wood shop is that when I was a kid, I always felt like when I walked in the doors, like, Hey, there's enough tools in here. And like, my grandpa always had enough scrap piles that like anything that I thought of, we could build in there. Mm. And I always, I I had carried throughout my whole life, the, the desire to have, to recreate a place like that. Like when, if I ever had a place that I could do something like that, like Mm. living in Asia, that's obviously not a possibility because, um, space is at a huge premium there. You, you, you don't have a garage or anything like that. So you can't really collect things. Not to mention that I was pretty much living at a, out of a suitcase from the time I was 13 until I was uh, 22. So anyway, all that to say that um, it was, yeah, it was, I, I, I started the garden beds and I started, you know, writing some little things on a blog and I started posting some things on Instagram. And as soon as I realized that Instagram was actually a social media site, not just a photo <laughs> editing site, I was like, you know what, this is going to be amazing. And I remember, um, I don't think Tinder existed yet back then, but I remember thinking um, something along the lines of, hey, like as an adult, it's really hard to make friends, especially make friends in the, in like that have the same interests as you. Mm -hmm. If they're not friends that are left over from high school or college, like what do you do if you, or, or, or work friends? Like, what do you do if you move to a new place? How do you meet people? Mm -hmm. Um, And I was like, I am going to use Instagram like Tinder for friends. And so I, I made that decision right then. I was going to post about the things that I was interested in so that I would attract people that were also interested in those things so that I could build some lasting connection with people uh, around the things that I was interested in doing. And it happened so quickly. And so um, this is long before I thought this could ever be a business or anything else. But um, I started doing stuff in my brother-in-law's wood shop with him. And that got me like, you know, like I said, I was broke. So I started looking on Craigslist all the time and seeing if I could buy um, like flip tools or I would like look through my neighbor's trash piles and see if there was something in there that I might be able to fix and like resell on Craigslist to make a little bit of money so that I could buy a little bit uh, like so I could buy the next tool. And I kind of basically just um, like, what is that? Uh, frog leapfrogged my way into having a like a full shop full of tools and the ability to use them all because I understood how they all worked because I had to take half of them apart to fix them um, and trade them up anyway. And so throughout that whole process, I was always looking for projects that I could either sell to make money so that I could buy more tools um, or um, in some way recycle or refurbish something that I could sell to buy more tools. And I did that for basically a year and a half, pretty much obsessively um, while working and just kind of like, you know, while I was, while I was riding the bus to work, I was like, you know, like trying to figure out ways that I could, I was like brainstorming ways that I would be able to do this. I was listening to, uh, or I was, re- uh, I was reading books um, from the library about like woodworking techniques and tools and, and gardening and all that stuff, just so that I could kind of leap my, leapfrog my way into um, being able to do some of this my, stuff myself really with the sole purpose of building the things that we needed because we couldn't afford to buy them or, you know, in the case of the garden, growing the things that we needed to eat because uh, we couldn't afford to buy them. Okay. 
Now, let's jump ahead. You're doing this. How do you actually start monetizing it? So now, instead of selling the tools, is or, or is that how you monetize? How did you monetize? How did you learn to make a living off from this? That's all I want to know, and I don't care yeah. how you did it. What's the path? Yeah, so the path started with a actually what ended up being my first like pretty much big failure, like big life life crash. Um, uh, after I'd been doing the leapfrogging stuff, and I had a pretty good uh, amount of tools gathered and all that stuff. I was like, hey, look, I think that I could save more money. I think I could make more money than I'm making right now um, if I were to just quit my job and build furniture. Because not only had like my I had been writing on the blog and I'd been posting about these things on Instagram. So I had a little bit of an audience like I'm talking a very small audience of people, but also just like friends and family that had seen some of the stuff that I was doing and, you know, maybe wanted to buy some of the stuff that I was making. And I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to try this. And the the re- reason that I was confident to do that is because, I mean, I grew up with nothing. My family didn't like didn't have any money whatsoever. And so I'd been, you know, starting businesses since I was like six years old and just trying things. Um, and I'm, I'm, I knew when I quit my job that I was not too good to do anything. And I was like, look, if the money runs out and I have to make rent, like by the end of the month, then I'll go like wash toilets. And, mm-hmm. and it's fine. Like it's fine to quit because there's nothing that I'm too good to do. Um, right. but I want to, I want to try this myself. And I will also say that one of the big things that has driven me having an entrepreneurial mindset my whole life is that, um, I have like certain learning disabilities that made, that made like school and things really, really hard for me. And, um, one, like one of the things has made it like extremely hard for me to hold down a, like a regular job, like um, being on time and and like, you know, being consistent and those kinds of things are, have been things that I've really struggled with my whole life. And so I've wanted to have some kind of like freedom and be my own boss from the very beginning, because literally because it was just so hard for me to hold down a well, job. What's your, what's, said, your lear- what's your learning disabilities, Anne? I mean, maybe. Well, I'm, oh, I have ADHD and I'm dyslexic. Oh, so you're like almost every other contractor that's out there in the United States of America right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's right. the, I bring I bring this up because I think I bring this up because I think that it it is very um, applicable because other people who do trades I think have had a lot of the same struggles and probably same journey points as I have as well. Um, so yeah, so that was my 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 big motivation in being my own boss was that. But then, as it turns out, it was uh, also my greatest failing uh, because, as it turns out, when I didn't have a boss and when I didn't have routine, um, it's not that I, it's not it. And I will tell you this: it's never that I've not worked hard enough because there is no one who is willing to work harder than me. It's just that I am not always sure what the right kind of work to, is to do, and uh, it's not always the work that's going to like accelerate my business. So. Um, when I quit my job, I was like, all right, I'm going to build furniture. I'm going to build, uh, I'm going to build raised beds for people. I'm going to do garden design for people. I'm going to do all this kind of stuff. And and I'm just going to hustle my way through it. Um, but what I didn't realize about that is, and actually I would really encourage anyone who's listening, who, who wants to start a business. There's a great book. It's called the E-Myth. Um, it's the entrepreneurial. Yep, exactly. Uh, the entrepreneurial myth is, is that, is that passion is enough. And is it, as it turns out, it wasn't enough for me um, with that business. And I crashed and burned and um, I made promises that I actually wasn't able to deliver. And I disappointed people uh, who I cared about, which is uh, hugely 
problematic for me because community, my community is everything to me. Um, you know, just because I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to, to get the work done, the work that needed to be done. Um, I didn't realize that like, if I was going to be my own boss, it's, it didn't just mean that I got to be in the shop 24 hours a day. It mean, it meant also that I needed to build a website and that I had to take, be able to take a good photograph and that I had to deal with emails and, um, and price my work fairly and also price my work in a way that like got me paid and also deal with invoicing of clients and, and, um, other things that I just like, when I when I thought about what it would be like to quit my job and do that full time and build furniture, I didn't think about any of those things. And those things, those administrative things, like basically killed my whole business. Um, mm. So you did and, so you did what every other skilled person out there does: got the skills first with zero business experience, dove into a business, and pretty soon realized you've got to have almost as not almost you got to have more more business skill than craftsman skill to succeed. 110%, 110%. And, um, but I will say that like, as that was probably like, um, that was probably one of the lowest points in my life up to that point. Um, my marriage was suffering as a result. Like my, um, my emotional health was, uh, a disaster. Uh, but again, I wasn't too good to do anything. And probably one of the best things that I could have done at that point was go back and get a job that forced me to be in a place at a certain time every day and gave me a paycheck and, but also gave me, um, like the stability that I needed again to, to try again, because at that point I knew, okay, like this did, did you do that? Yeah, I did. Oh, you did. You went and got a job. Yep. I went and got a job. Okay. Um, and, and uh, and it took, it was, it was about three years of, of working various jobs that got me back, like that got me back to the point that I was like, this time I know exactly what I need to do and I'm ready and I'm going to quit again. So wait, wait, um, wait, 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 what happened at the jobs that gave you the skills to be able to get the confidence to go try again? Did you work at certain jobs that led that down that path or did you just get sick of working for somebody else? What? What's that? Uh, yes and yes and no. Really, for me, what what the jobs gave that was important for that season was uh, the routine of having a place that I needed to have my butt in a chair by a certain time. Mm. And then also a huge aspect of that too was that the jobs were not very demanding. <laughs> so, uh, like I will say that like a huge leg up that I had is like uh, concurrent with having to like suck it up and get a new job after my my furniture business failed. I got a job where I was uh, the secretary of a company at, like that was like, uh, I mean, hopefully no, no one there is listening to this, but it was just like so poorly managed. And literally like as like at, if my butt was in the chair, I was getting paid. And so I actually used that time to build my social media business. Hey, Which, if, it, like, if it works, it works, right? Yeah. And so it was during that time that I um, started like basically looking into successful um, six or what looked successful to me, uh, successful ways to grow online businesses. And I, I made kind of a pact with myself to use, uh, yeah, to, to, to use those and to, to do it. So um, one of those things was, was consistency. And like, I don't know if I already mentioned this, but consistency has been the single biggest challenge I've had in my entire life. Um, 
And so I was like, well, I've never been able to be consistent on anything in my entire life. So I'm going to, I am going to be consistent. So I, I posted something, um, unique, new and different on Instagram. Um, and many days, many somethings and my blog every single day for five years. And that consistency Hmm. paired with like paired with some quality, um, I will say like, you know, good content, positive message, but also thinking like trying to be helpful to people before, like, you know, just, I was learning new things. I wanted to, I was so excited about the new things that I was learning that I wanted to share that, that stuff with other people. And I was having so many people in my life, like investing in me and investing in my ability to grow and craft, whether it was in the garden or homesteading skills or, um, you know, woodworking projects, uh, doing weekend things or anything. I had so many people um, both in person, like my brother-in-law and I ended up meeting an awesome guy. His name's Frank. And he was 92 years old when we met. He's almost a hundred now um, who, who just mentored me and answered my questions and things. But, but what I had found on Instagram, like I said before, I was using Instagram basically as Tinder for friends who were interested in the same thing as me. And I found um, people like who, who were giving, who were answering my questions there and just freely giving me so much advice and stuff like that uh, hmm. within that like community online. A, that a I was supportive like, community. Very, very supportive. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to share, I'm going to share everything that I'm learning for free with other people. And um, in 2000, let's see, uh, 2015. Yeah. Pretty sure it was 2000, 2016. Yeah. I think it was 2016. Oh yeah, it was. Okay. In 2016, I, went to a woodworking conference um, and I had realized, oh, by the way, this whole time I was also like constantly hustling. Even though I was working, I was always looking for ways that I could um, make money doing the thing that I actually wanted to do, which is like, uh, which is doing, you know, having, having my time be my own and be able to work with my hands and do things that feel fulfilling all the time. Uh, But so with that, I was doing lots of freelance work. In addition to working full time, I was also doing lots of freelance work, um, writing for magazines. Um, as I was learning, it turns out like because I was so close, like because I was you know just starting at the beginning of the journey with a lot of these things that I was learning, woodworking, gardening, all those things, um, and I was so eager to share that stuff. It turns out like beginners are great teachers a lot of the time because experts have this funny thing where they forget what they are like they forget what it was like to be a beginner. And so they, they leave steps out. They leave things that like they think are totally obvious. Obvious, Yes. They, they, it's not obvious to a beginner. And so I think part of my like accidental leg up as I was sharing this information um, so freely is that like, I didn't know what I was talking about. So I was like, Oh my gosh, did you know that if you push a drill right here, that, that it spins (laughs) like like those kinds of things. That's like, that's the best. That is the best. I'll, tell you and that is the best you've yeah okay i'm sorry go 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 yeah oh yeah so anyway so i got i i i was getting jobs like writing for magazines and things like that because it was just a fresh perspective and i'll be honest i think a lot of them were probably looking to check that diversity box too with like you know i'm not a fat white guy in my garage i'm a you know i was Yeah, oh, so, there's absolutely nothing wrong with leveraging everything you possibly can to get ahead. There's nothing wrong with it. As long as you're not hurting somebody else in the process, <laughs> go for it. 
Absolutely. So, I mean, I would definitely say that there, there was, there was like a recognized or like me recognizing, Hey, this is like different and people are, are interested in that. But also, um, I also like have been a lot of times accused of, of, you know, like you don't even deserve to be in the room you're in, but because you're a girl, like here you are. Um, and I hate that stuff, but you know what, if people, if people want to, you know, think that way. Get who gives that. a crap? And who, yeah, gives, exactly. who gives a crap? Whatever. They're just yeah. telling you their story, not theirs. Oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> yes. Hey, um, when did you finally realize the money started to come in? Or when did the money start to come in? Or even has it? Are you still struggling? <laughs> I don't know. Tell me. The Yeah. So in 2015, I went to this woodworking show because I was working for this magazine. And um, April Wilkerson uh, was mm-hmm. there. And she, I like, once again, it was a woodworking conference. So we were the only two girls there. Um, and I happened to run into her in the bathroom and I like, she says that I asked her how much money she makes. I don't remember that. And I don't really, <laughs> like, I'm, I don't know if I'm that direct. Hey, that's person, a good question, I, Ann. I'm going to tell you, yeah. hey, hey, if you got the balls to say that, that's a good question. <laughs> yeah. Well, and really that, like, I, I don't think that she probably answered me with a dollar amount <laughs> because I think I probably said like, Hey, like, can you do this as a job? Is what you're doing profitable? Cause she would, she had a YouTube channel. It's called look or do's and you should check it out. It's really awesome. Um, but as a result of that conversation, we actually became really good friends and April had just quit her job. Um, so that she could do YouTubing full time. And I had no idea prior to that conversation that, that doing YouTube could be a job or that doing any kind of social media could be a job. And I went home from that conference and I was like, holy crap, this is crazy. Uh, I want to do that because a, I would have a platform to share the stuff that I'm learning, which is, which is so exciting to me. But what I also saw April doing that, um, that was extremely exciting to me was she was doing these things called collabs with people or collaborations. She was collaborating with other, with other makers, um, which basically meant that then for, she could call hanging out with her friends, making awesome stuff work. Mm -hmm. And that to me sounded like the absolute dream situation, making stuff with friends and teaching people about it sounded pretty awesome to me. So I left that conference and I was like, I want to do this. And so I started looking into how can I monetize social media? How can I start a YouTube channel? Um, At that point I had, I think 20,000 followers on Instagram. And I was like, I want to start a YouTube channel. I want to start making videos and I want to start making money doing this. And so I'm going to do that. So I went home and I, and I, uh, started a YouTube channel and I made some really crappy videos and put them on the internet for everyone to see. And, um, I, I think I, I think I, I, and then I quit my job, um, in 2018 and I was like, I had, um, used what's what Dave, Dave Ramsey, he's a financial mm-hmm. advisor. Yep. Um, and he has this system that you can do to make sure that you like either pay off bills or get out of debt or save money for something. financial freedom. And, financial freedom. So I, um, we still didn't have a lot of money then, but I started putting the money that I would use the the money that we would spend in an envelope every week. And I wouldn't spend any more than that. And then I would put the, all the rest of the money in this other envelope. And when I had enough money that I could go, I think it was six months without, without working, I was like, all right, I'm going to quit my job. And, um, then in six months, if the money's gone, I can get another job, but I don't think I'm going to have to. And I wasn't, I was probably only making maybe like $500 a month when I quit my job. Mm. Um, but Gutsy. I had turned Gutsy that girl. In, <laughs> Yeah. But I had turned that into, um, 
like I had turned that into, I think, uh, like $2,000 a month or maybe $3,000 a month by the time that, or by the end of that first year. And, um, after the end of the first year, I hired my first employee and then, um, yeah, it's grown from there. So now, um, I have, I have one full-time employee. I have, uh, like three other people that I work with on a part-time basis. And then I have like a team of people that I work with that help me to do all the things that I now do. Like, um, you know, I have a, someone who helps me deal with, um, online sponsorships. Uh, so they, they go out and find companies that want to work with us and negotiate contract deals so that we can show their products or talk about their company in our YouTube videos or on our Instagram, on my Instagram channels. I have people who like do some computery things, um, for, for, to make sure that my web, my, the blog posts that I write get seen by more, more people and things like that. We have, um, someone who helps us on Pinterest because I don't even know how to open Pinterest. Um, and it gives us the opportunity to have, have a web presence in another place and things like that. So, um, but the kind of the in-between from where I, where I, was to like getting ready to quit my job was really, it was more about what money can I save and how can I offset certain expenses then? And like, and then how am I going to hustle? And like a big part of, um, of, of learning to how to hustle was building like what I now, I didn't know, know this back then, but what I now know are called like good systems for my business, like setting things up so that, um, you know, I like everything that I do has a certain way that I do it so that I can do it every like the same way every time, which creates consistency and also creates the ability for me to then hire other people and bring them into the process. Um, and, uh, like also just like a whole lot of hustle. I mean, I would say to anyone who's wanting to quit their job, like the joke that all of my friends, like, and I have a bunch of friends who this has been so fun. one really fun side effect of all this is that like, all of us who started Instagram on at the same time and started talking to each other at the same time, then back in 2012, 2013, all of us have our own businesses now that like, kind of stemmed from that. One of them is is making physical products that he sells just by marketing them on Instagram, he quit his um, job as a mechanic at a Mercedes dealership, um, and now supports his family. His wife now works with him too. And like, they're crushing it. Um, you know, um, obviously April had already quit her job and was doing her YouTube thing as a business, uh, when, you know, when we met, but like now her business has grown and she has a huge team too. Um, but really like the, the, the thing that I think is different about my stuff is that I've always been look, I've always been looking for, um, not just like what's the quickest, easiest way to make money, but how can we build this to, to make money for a long time and make money like, cause like, here's the funny thing as much as like, as much as I never had money growing up, I really don't care about it. It's not a motivator for me. Um, what is a motivator is, is feeling like I'm, I'm making a difference and being able to get to do the things that I like to do. And most importantly, involve my friends in the process. So my biggest motivation to scale my business was literally so that I could start hiring friends to work alongside me because um, that that to me was just like the ultimate dream. Hmm. Wow. That's it's interesting to hear how you're valuing your time. Okay. So what I hear is you you want to hire your friends because you want to enjoy your work. You don't want to just work for money. 
you want to make money, but you want to enjoy the process and you're enjoying the people along the way. It's an, oh, absolutely. It's an, it's an interesting perspective on what, what, where, where the real value is. So you're, you're, you're not just working to make a savings. You're actually creating your own business so that you can enjoy running your business, which is, and the exact reason why I did it. Right. Heck yeah. I, I went to work for other companies when I first started and I would walk in the door and I'd be like, I, I don't, I don't feel, this doesn't feel right. You know, it, it, it didn't feel welcoming. It didn't feel like the people, my coworkers, I, I could really trust. I could really bond with. Right. I always felt like, oh yeah, yeah. They're, they're more of not, what not friends, but people that you associate associates. There you go. Associates. Right. But that doesn't mean they got your back, right? Because I remember one time I was a debt collector. One of my previous jobs before I was ever a contractor was a debt collector. And, you know, we can't cuss or swear as debt collectors. But some dude's on the phone, Ann, and he's cussing me out and swearing me out. And I'm like, and I I just, without even thinking about it, I repeated one of the words he said to me. And I was like, and I wasn't cussing him out. And I'm just like, hey, did you just call me an effing asshole? Or oops, well, I shouldn't even say, well, I don't care. I say it. This is my podcast. I don't give a crap. Um, and then all of a sudden, and I'm like, I put my hand over my mouth. And I'm like, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I didn't call him one. I said, I asked him because I thought it was interesting. He was cussing me out in such a unique way. I just wanted to know what he was saying, right? I didn't care at this point. Thick skin's so thick, you don't give a crap. Um and all of a sudden, because I repeated his words, it wasn't like a whole long thing. I wasn't attacking him. I got written up and reported. And it was at, that was at that moment in time that I realized that the only people that could have heard me were probably three or four people in my real close circle. I did not. I wasn't attacking my customer. I wasn't doing anything. It was just literally an accident. It was like you walk through a kitchen and you drop a load of dishes. It was literally just an accident. And I realized... Those frickers don't have my back. Hmm. They don't have my back at this job. And I noticed that other jobs that I went to, I didn't really feel like people had your back. And I said to myself, I'm going to create an environment where everybody's got everybody's back. You walk into That's my awesome. you got you walk into my doors and you work for me. I got you covered from the moment you're you're at the job. To when you go home, and if you have a problem after the fact, if you're at home and something's happening and you need my help, you call me. You call you call my my business partner Tim. You call one of the other guys. We all got your back. Every single person in my company has damn well got each other's back. Plain and simple. That's awesome. Because this is this is the environment that I wanted. It was the environment my dad gave me. And I felt like I wanted to be able to give that to other people. Do you know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Because here's the thing. You can't, like, a business is only scalable as much as you have systematized or automatized, uh, automated your time mm-hmm. uh, or your ability to bring other people into it. And the I think probably one of the coolest things that we can do is to, is, is, is if we do, if we are business owners, to give other people the opportunity to, uh, do things that they're passionate about and that they're good at that you're not like hiring people to like hiring other people who have strengths that you don't have that are going to make your business better. Yes. Um, 
a big piece of that that has been honestly and still is a, a lesson that I'm hugely learning and, and is really hard for me to learn is or has been really hard for me to learn is how as a employer you actually do that for people how how you provide like the feedback that they need in a way that in a way that's like like helpful for them to hear it and um you know and and yeah like how you manage them in a way that that is like good for them but also good for you and those kinds of things i mean i've like if you want to talk about failures, I've failed a lot of people that I've, that I've tried to, um, you know, offer a, a cool opportunity in the past. Yeah, and and to. so that's, that's been a big learning thing for me. Um, even as like, right, right. Um, as you were talking, I was just thinking about like, uh, I, I was listening to the personal MBA. It's a great book. Also, if you ever want to start a business, that's another fantastic book to, to read. Um, but th- this is a quote that I absolutely love. Money is a tool and the usefulness of that tool depends on what you intend to do with it. Your business doesn't need to generate millions or billions of dollars to be successful. If you have enough profit to do the things that you need to do to keep the business running and to make it worth your time to do so, you're successful no matter how much revenue your business brings in. Sufficiency is when the people running the business find it worthwhile to keep doing so for the foreseeable future. Once you've reached the level of sufficient, th- that level of sufficiency, you're successful no matter how much money you make. Mm. And I like that because that's so true. I mean, I will say that that my business, like you know, after that first failure, and then and then launching in and and having a, a good two years of of pretty much upward climb as far as success goes. Um, the pandemic hit this year and, and we hit some other huge hiccups as a business, um, too, because we were trying to, I was trying to expand, um, hugely in the middle of a pandemic and, um, some things went awry and some things were tough and we had some, you know, and I had some situations with like employees that didn't go super well, um, amidst that. And like also the pressure of trying to, you know, work, work hard enough to support like the people that were counting on me and all those kinds of things failure, 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 a few like, you know, blips of, of, of things going well again. And I mean, yeah, it's, it's a wild ride. Any, any time that you are, any time that there's anyone besides yourself and involved, um, as a business owner, however, um, I, at this point, I mean, I, again, I'm, I'm willing, I, I take huge risks all the time. I think that that's probably been, uh, pretty clear at this point, but I take huge risks all the time, but I, I have full confidence in those risks because I know that, uh, yeah, I'm never too good to, to go back and do whatever I have to do to make it right. If, mm. if things don't go well, well said one last question, if you could go back to your 16 year old self right now, what would you do? What would you say to yourself? Don't go to college. Wow. You're going to be miserable and you're going to make some horrible choices and um, you would be far better off just learning how to work with your hands and build some skills. Like I, w- I would in every, I didn't, here's a funny thing too. I mean, just growing up in a family that like where it wasn't a, like my parents are missionaries. Uh, so it's not like it, it's not like, um, you know, it was like, I don't know even what I was going to say about that, but yeah, my parents are missionaries and I didn't grow up in a blue collar family, but like we definitely grew up with a very blue collar income. And, um, I had no, I like, I literally had no idea because my parents were missionaries and because of just like what I'd been exposed to as a kid that like there, that there were even schools that I could go to, to learn woodworking or, or machine work or mechanic stuff or anything, which I would have been so much happier, healthier and, 
all of those other things had I had access to those things earlier in life because those things changed my life for the better. I think school is overrated and I think hard work is underrated. Yeah. I think success can come to anybody at any education level, period, as long as they're willing to put the effort into it. And I think that's that's really the difference. I think it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, where your dreams are, but if you want it handed to you, walk out the door, turn around, because it's not going to. It's not going to happen for you. If you're not willing to put that time in, if you're not willing to bust, if you're not willing to risk, don't ask for the reward. Don't ask for it. Don't expect it and don't complain when you don't get it because you're not going to get it. You won't. But everybody that I've ever talked to that's successful (laughs) has earned it. They've earned every single penny of it. And thank you for coming on today. How can these guys find out more from you? Uh, you can find me pretty much anywhere on the internet and of all trades. Um, and I'd love it if you'd check out my, uh, we're doing some online classes as we are raising money to build a craft school called the school of all trades. And so if you want to, um, learn how to do just about anything, you can come learn it from us online. Um, but I will tell you my, my secret sales pitch there is, is just come take a class because even if, even if the topic doesn't necessarily interest you, what is, uh, I think our, our our special sauce, if you will, is that we teach people how to learn things. And as someone who like literally had to just fight tooth and nail all the way through school, I went to college. I did those things, but literally the 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 ingenuity that I had to to use to get through school as someone who could barely read uh, and couldn't sit in a chair to save my life uh, was was uh, admirable in and of itself. But what we teach you in these classes is how to learn, because I learned. As I was doing, um, as I was, you know, starting my first garden and building my first projects, what I actually learned was like how I, how you can actually learn things and how, what happens to, you know, kind of the, the human mind as you're learning things. So that has that skill that I learned using my hands for the first time has translated to literally everything else. So even if the topic doesn't interest you, come to class, we'll teach you how to learn new things. And, uh, you'll come away with it with a new skill anyway. Hmm. So Wow. And thank you so much, guys. We just got to hear Anne's story, how she went from learning disabilities to ab- abstract ab- ab- object poverty, just pure poverty. Let's just put it that way. I don't know what the, I don't know what the right word is. Don't care if I get it right or not. You were poor as all get out, struggled, took jobs to pay the, to, to put food on the table never gave up, never quit, learned how to do things. And then now you're building and still growing. So it'd be interesting to see where things go from this point. And Oh yeah. Stay tuned. Hopefully it'll be, hopefully it'll be good. Oh, Actually, I have one more, one more little thing I want to leave, leave people with okay. um, because I think there's probably a lot of people that are listening that, you know, may have some of the same struggles as me, as you like you and I have maybe like other things like that. And they, they're like, well, I do work hard and I'm still hitting my head against a wall. Like I don't understand what's going on or what's going wrong or what I'm doing wrong because mm-hmm. it's like, sometimes it's not just like hard work and, and then you find success because um, for me, it like, like I found, I have found out as an adult 
so many things that helped me to be successful were things that like either came naturally to me that I didn't know were a skill or a superpower or a secret superpower Mm -hmm. um, until later. Um, And so if you're hitting your head against a wall and you're like, I do work hard and all these things, um, the most important thing that I have learned as a business owner and as also just like a person uh, is that your success is often uh, like wrapped very, very much, very closely in with how well you know yourself and the situations that you need to put yourself in so that you can succeed. And so if you're hitting your head against a wall, like find, like, like do some soul searching, um, reads you know, like listen to some Brene Brown or like some, you know, maybe you're too rough and tumbly to, to be okay with vulnerability, but really like run and see if there's things you can do to get to know yourself better and to understand yourself better so that you can help put your help, put yourself in the right situation to succeed because that right situation is not like, is not obvious to a lot of people. You know, I think what you got to do is you got to identify your passion and then you've got to experiment with different ways of optimizing it. Right. So you mean, you know, I'm a contractor and, and I, I don't like being a contractor. I'm not supposed to be a contractor and I'm not supposed to be one. It's not, it's not my DNA. It's not, I wasn't born with a freaking tool belt on and a a skid steer running in the background waiting for me to hop in. It wasn't my goal. It wasn't my dream by any means. But it was when I found a way of sharing what I learned that I really found my true passion. And I mean, social media for me has been a lot bigger success than being in construction and being a contractor. I mean, I I still have a good contracting business. I, I still run it. And it's still, it's still great, but that's not my calling. My calling is doing, is doing this. And my true calling is to get the message out, to talk to people, to help other people empower themselves to find their dreams. That's what I really, really, really want to do is I want people to get out of the ruts, to look for opportunities, to experiment, to be willing to go for it. And when they fall, to find that, yes, there's other people that have fallen. And I'll share every single mistake I ever make with the world out there. I don't care. People criticize me for, oh, look at you. You don't know how to do that. And I'm like, yeah, you're right. Guess what? But I'm trying again. And I'll try again. And I'll try again. While you sit behind your keyboard telling me how wrong I am, I'll figure it out till I get it right. And you will still just be sitting there with the same sentence on your keyboard. And that's that's. I just believe in firmly empowering people. So absolutely. Any, anyway, Anne, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on today. Um, really appreciate you sharing that and really appreciating the the story behind it. I didn't realize that uh, you struggled with depression. I didn't realize that you, you struggled with all of those things. So it's good to, it's good to really, really hear that and to know, you know, know the story. Thank you. Yeah. Well, I mean, you've used social media to your advantage because you're super excited to teach people and I've used social media to my advantage. I'll tell you right now, like uh, my dream was to build furniture. Guess what? I build like maybe three or four pieces of furniture a year, but um, and I will make more money talking about that piece of furniture and, and teaching other people how to build that furniture than I would ever have made from the from the piece of furniture itself. From, Ever, bu- from building and, from building and selling it, so you, yeah. yeah, you you can build one piece of furniture and make more money off from building one single piece of furniture than you could if you sold one hundred pieces of furniture. 
Oh yeah. I mean, I'll like, I mean, I keep saying I'll leave you with this, but, but the way that, I mean, we, I, we got so, I mean, I, that's not we, me, I got so caught up in the story side of it. I didn't really talk about the business side of it at all, but I'll just say like, I can like, without very much extra effort at all, what I would, what I used to like, if I made like a 2000 or $3,000 table for a client, um, I have a, like using social media and, and in the process teaching people about it, I will make, Thirty to fifty thousand dollars from that same table by using social media to my advantage, mm. and so um, that's that's what I'll leave you with. If you want to hear more, there's uh, I yeah, we can talk about it at the I, School of All Trades. I, I think we need to have Ann back on. I, I think we need <laughs> to get into part two of this. And hey, Ann, maybe you could reach out to April. I would love to hear her story because she is wildly successful now. She's working with the Tool Time guys, and her story is amazing. So. Oh yeah. She, I mean, good luck. I, I, it's hard enough to, to, I mean, my gosh, if you're talking about a busy person, she's, she's got a thousand and ten things going on, but I will mention it to her and I would love to listen to her story. Uh, should you be able to nail her down? There you go. All right. Thank you. And appreciate it so much. All right, you guys come back again. We have got a lot more coming down the pipeline. It's a busy day. This is a busy podcast. A lot of great stories. And thank you for coming on and sharing your journey. Absolutely. We'll talk to you again soon, bud. All right. Thanks, guys, for tuning in today. And make sure you come back next week. We've got more expert landscape business advice coming down the pipeline. Once again, a huge shout out to LMN Software for sponsoring this podcast and making this all happen. LMN is the most comprehensive landscape business management software in the industry. It's the true do-it-all tool for your landscape business and provides a platform to scale your company to the next level. And the best part about LMN is they have a free version which you can begin using today. Just visit golmn.com backslash disruptors. You guys can start taking advantage of the software that I've been using to help me create a successful, sustainable, and profitable company. That's golmn.com backslash disruptors. Thanks again, everyone, and see you next week.